Good morning, everyone. When Hal was uh, posting my uh, sermon title, he says, "Wait a minute! You're you're preaching the same sermon you preached uh, three weeks ago. You you know you're starting to lose it. Three weeks ago, <laughs> three weeks ago, I preached a sermon entitled uh, "What's So Good About Choctaw?" and uh, In that lesson, I explained to him, that lesson was a theological lesson. What's so good about Choctaw is what's so good about our theology, that we're a New Testament church, you know, what is good about that and how we've succeeded at doing that and what are our goals and accomplishments, you know, what's so good about Choctaw? This lesson this morning is entitled, Seven Things I Love About Choctaw. This is not about theology. This is about, this is about personal and emotional feelings, get in touch with those. So before I begin, since everybody and their brother who gets up here does this, I'm going to do the same thing, but it's going to be a special uh, request. I am going to ask you, uh, to, you know, to take a little informal survey with me. Listen carefully now. I'll ask you to stand, but only certain ones, Okay. If you were in this congregation, whether as a child or as an adult, if you were in this congregation in 1993, 1993, please stand. Look at that. Wow, that's just amazing. Okay, you may, you may sit. I'll explain in a minute here why I had you to... Stan, I want to show you a picture. Look at that. This is what the stage looked like in 1993. I made you stand because on the second Sunday of July 1993, I preached my very first sermon here. And my first sermon here, because I keep records, my first sermon here was entitled, What to Expect. What to Expect from Me. And I remember the sermon was, What you're going to expect from me, what am I going to be doing for you, you know, and to you, and what I expect from you as a congregation. Maybe some of you may remember uh, that uh, lesson. Uh, and I also remember back in those days, uh, there were three elders. Harold, of course, been an elder here since 12, uh, the year 12. Uh, Harold, um, Johnny, uh, uh, Johnny Henderson was an elder. He was 12 when he was an elder. And uh, our dear, dear brother, uh, Lewis Thompson, who, of course, has passed now many years, but who was a minister here, a preacher, and also an elder. Those were the three elders. So this is what the front looked like, and actually everything looked like. If you, This lovely paneling. We had paneling everywhere. Uh, this room, every room had paneling. The hallways had paneling. The kitchen, the bathrooms had paneling. And somebody had a a tremendous supply of this red carpeting here that he installed in every church of Christ in Oklahoma. And um, but this is what it kind of looked like back in uh, 19. 
93. So anybody who's complaining about it, the, the carpet is a little too gray or a little too charcoal or whatever, uh, take a look at this picture and just thank God we've arrived at this uh, at this. Uh, of course, uh, for me, I told you this was a per- it's a personal sermon. For me, it means that uh, today, July the 9th, 2023, marks 30 years since I started here. 30 years. 1993 to 2000, I served as Marty has served now so well for so many years. I was the public minister. And then he followed me after that. I was a California for a couple of years, just three years at Canyon View. Then from 2003 to 2010, you supported me and you were my sponsoring congregation for Lise and I to go back to Montreal and do more mission work. We had come from mission work. We went back to mission work, did another seven years uh, while serving you as your missionary in Montreal. And then in 2010, uh, we were finished our work there. What we wanted to accomplish had been accomplished. And um, we came back here. We, it was decided that we were going to go home, and uh, this was home. And the elders offered me the role that John Arvin has now, the uh, education minister, to, do, to help Marty with some preaching. And that has been from 2010 till now. Uh, we can say that as of today, I have served this congregation in one capacity or another for 27 years. And in that time, I've noted many positive, some negative things about this congregation. And this morning on this anniversary day, my anniversary day, I'd like to focus on the positive. Seven things that I love about the Choctaw Church. You ready? Here we go. Number one, Choctaw is not ashamed to be a church of Christ. Not ashamed about that. We don't downplay it. I remember quite vividly that the big news among the churches in Oklahoma City in the fall of 1993 was that one of our sister congregations in Edmond was planning to have a joint worship service with a Baptist church, which was across the street from them. That was the big news in uh, 1993. The uh, newspapers interviewed both ministers about the event, and the Church of Christ preacher kept pointing out many of the faults of his own congregation while praising his Baptist preacher friend and how progressive they were and that this union was what the future was going to be like. Well, attendance eventually was so low at his church that the Baptist church went ahead and bought the land and the building from the Church of Christ that housed that congregation and transformed it into a Spanish-speaking Baptist church. While the brethren were fighting among themselves, their Baptist neighbors were busy reaching out into the community. That's the story there. That's not our story. That's their story. But that was the big story in 1993. I I think it's okay to reach out to our religious neighbors to cooperate with them in helping our community in times of crisis and need, you know, storms, fires, tornadoes. Of course, we cooperate with the folks around us but not at the expense of denying our heritage, 
not at the expense of compromising scripture or disparaging our own brethren in public, imagine. I love Choctaw because we are confident in being a New Testament church. And we are proud to be a mainline church of Christ doing Bible things in Bible ways here in the Choctaw community and unique in doing so. Of course, uh, there are you know, other names for the church or the body of Christ in the Bible. I'm not saying that church of Christ is the only way we can refer you know, to the body of Christ. But I love the, 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 the Choctaw Church of Christ because we love to carry Jesus' name as our own. And we confess our faith in him every time we mention the name of our congregation. And that's, a, that's how it should be. Every time I mention where I go to church, I confess Christ. Well, where do you go? I go to the Choctaw, that's the geography, Church of Christ. I've confessed my faith just by mentioning the name of my, of my uh, congregation. We've read, the, I think uh, Marty read it, uh, or, or it was you know, thrown up there before, Matthew 10, 32. Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father in heaven. I love the Choctaw congregation because every time we mention the name of our church, we also mention the name of our Lord and our Savior. And that's a good thing. And I would never want to change that about us. I love that about us. Another thing I love about us, the people here really want to do what is right by one another. Oh, you and I know that like any other family, there's some fussing and stress between brothers and sisters because, you know, we're still immature in many ways. But when it comes right down to it, people will do what is right and good for their brothers and sisters here in Choctaw. I've noticed that most arguments and most differences and most difficult moments are usually due to misunderstandings or, or, or miscommunication, but not meanness. It's I didn't understand it and that made me upset, but it's not because you're mean. This is the only congregation I've ever been in or heard of where an elder has come forward asking forgiveness for having hurt his brother and friend in the Lord. I've never seen that anywhere else, but I've seen it in this congregation. I've been in places where uh, this would never happen. So I love Choctaw because there is a desire to treat each other with love, just as the Bible says in Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another. This is not some kind of lofty philosophical idea where you have to parse the word. And what does that mean exactly? No, be kind. We know kindness when we see it, don't we? We don't, we don't need anybody to tell us what the Greek means. <laughs> we know kindness. Be kind to one another. Tender hearted towards one another. Forgiving each other. Why? Just as God and Christ has also forgiven you. 
So, I love the Choctaw congregation because this is the kind of people that make up this congregation. And how do I know this? Three decades worth of experience. Three decades worth of experience knowing you up close. Number three, I love the Choctaw Church because the Choctaw Church is a true family. Now, I don't just mean that there are a lot of people here who are related by blood. Man, a lot of people here are related by blood. The elders used to have a chart in their conference room that showed who was married to who, and you you had to be careful who you talked to because you... You know what I'm saying. I don't just mean also that many people here are related through marriage. They are. There's a lot of this. But what I mean is that despite our numbers, there's the spirit of family that exists here. People really do care for each other and are interested in each other in the spirit of family. I'm not saying that we're the only congregation like this. There are many. But the family atmosphere is part of the Choctaw experience. We have a reputation for it. I don't know how many times people have told me who have come here and, you know, eventually place membership. And they say, well, you know, why? Why was it? For the preaching? Uh, you know, yeah. Nah, it wasn't for the preaching. It's just like I feel like family here. And I love that about this, this place. You see it in how easily children are just passed around to each other and held in esteem by everyone. You see it in the way some of our elders connect with some of our young people. You see it in the kindness and enthusiasm for every baby. Every baby is a joy. Every wedding shower is a time for happiness, whether it's for the newest or the oldest member. You see it in the hospitality shown over and over again by some of our members. You see it in the way members linger here for hours. Heaven help the guy who's in charge of locking up the building. Don't ask. (laughs) Don't ask why nobody volunteers for that. I mean, yeah, I'm going to be here till 10 o'clock on Wednesday night. You know, people talk and talk. You see it in the eyes of newcomers who realize that they have finally found a home congregation after being here maybe just a few weeks. Some say that they don't want the church to grow too big because we're going to lose that sense of family. But I think that the reason we have grown to this point anyways is because people love the sense of family we have and they're drawn to it. They want to be part of it. I believe that so long as we maintain the family love and attitude we'll be able to accommodate all of the growth that the Lord gives us because after all, he's the one that adds to our family, not us. Acts 2.47, they were praising God and having favor, the church was, with all the people and the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Another spirit I love about Choctaw is the can-do spirit. 
Let's face it, we are a medium-sized church. We are out of the main metro areas. We're not attached to a Christian college or a university. We don't have a group of, you know, rich businessmen or professionals, you know, a very large group of, of people like that in this church. We don't have that. However, we produce the Bible Talk teaching website that has twenty to 25,000 visitors a day, a day, 20 to 25,000 visitors a day, uh, 171,000 subscribers. That's a lot of subscribers. And a total of over 25 million views on YouTube alone. Not many congregations can say that, that they have a ministry like that, that they support a ministry like that. We have three full-time ministers that serve this congregation. We have a a multi-million dollar facility and lot in a prime location. We are the Choctaw Church of Christ and we're at the corner of Choctaw and Reno. Next September we'll be celebrating our 85th anniversary. 85 years, and thanks be to God, no split, never been a split, never been 25 people that just got mad and said, we're going to go start our own church because we don't like this. I mean, we've got some that's just gone away mad, okay, you know. That wasn't while I was preaching, though, but sorry, Marty. We have many youth group programs, an outstanding preschool program, more opportunities to serve than a person can possibly do. We have a ministry system and a network that is being used here as well as a model for other congregations. And while other churches are implementing you know, PowerPoint slides, we're fully digitized and we're among the very first to provide live interactive streaming of our classes and videos When the COVID epidemic hit, a lot of very large churches didn't know what to do. We were already online. People were already. We have over 2,000 subscribers just to the Choctaw Church of Christ. We have more subscribers than members. Churches twice our size have not attempted half of what we've already accomplished. We support three different missionaries in different countries. I love the fact that if if it's biblical, if it will profit the kingdom, if it honors the Lord Jesus Christ, if it serves other people in his name, we're ready to go for it. We'll do it. There's never been a time when we couldn't find the money to do what we wanted to do. Never. Not, not since 1993 anyways. And I say this, don't want to embarrass that, but when we expanded this building and we needed a half a million dollars, the bank wouldn't give us a dime. We say to them, but we, we, our buildings, you know, our ground mill worth a million bucks. And they said, we don't care. We're not, we're, not using your, we're not using your building. We can't use your, we don't want to use your building as collateral. Imagine. So whose collateral do you think we use to borrow the money? Well, the elders collateral. They're the ones that signed the loan agreement. 
And if the loan went south, that means they lost their homes. Think about that. You, you don't, most people don't know about that. I love the fact, number five, that the people here are real. The great advantage of dealing with people who are real is that even if you don't like them (laughs) and they annoy you, you know why. Their aggravating and annoying characteristics are right out there for everybody to see. People are real here in Choctaw, even the annoying ones. Here in Choctaw, there is no competition to be the best dressed or the fanciest or the smartest or the most successful. People are comfortable with who they are, whoever they are. A brother comes in with a new truck and everybody is anxious and happy to see it. A new house is built and everyone is pleased to know it. A new baby makes all of us new aunts and uncles. Victories on the sporting field are celebrated. Sorrows are shared. We're proud with you. We cry with you. It's okay to come straight here from work, tired, dirty, from a day's work. No time to go home for supper. I came straight from work. It's okay to come discouraged or upset or giddy, or playful. It's okay to come dressed up or dressed down, on full, on empty, because you can be you here in Choctaw. Back in my heyday, anyways, even the preacher back in the day here, in the same day, could preach a sermon about heaven and hell and then drive over to the picnic area and sing with the band. Even the preacher could do that. You know why? Because the elders were in the band. (laughs) Number six. I'm almost done. I love Choctaw because Choctaw has loved me and loved mine. In 27 years, I can truthfully say that no one has hurt my children because they were the preacher's children. And it doesn't always work that way, believe me. In 27 years, no one has sent my wife home in tears because she had to take the brunt of what some people would have wanted to give me. I say that because in a congregation of this size, it's inevitable that there are some people who will get crossways with the preacher for one reason or another. And they take it out or they take out their negative feelings on his family at times. But this has never happened here. And my wife is, she's going, she's shaking her head. That's right. That has never happened here. In 27 years, yes, I've been criticized to my face and behind my back. I've been second-guessed and frustrated over and over again. But for every negative and critical comment from a few, there have been a hundred as many words of encouragement and kindness from the majority. The average lifespan for preachers, especially pulpit preachers, 
with congregations, believe it or not, is about five years. I just was leafing through the Christian Chronicle uh, yesterday. In their latest edition, they had 23 ads for preachers. 23. I didn't count youth ministers. They're just for preachers. We have three. We have three. There's a reason for that. It is your loving attitude that has added additional years of service for my ministry here. When we were finished with our work in Montreal, we decided to go home. And home wasn't Montreal where we were born. Home was here. This was home. I love Choctaw because it has grown in its love for my family and I. And we have become better and more stable people because of it. And then finally, I love Choctaw because the brethren at Choctaw want the Bible to be preached. Of course, I haven't done much of that in this lesson this morning, but you know that this is an exception and not the rule. This morning's sermon is more of a witness than a Bible sermon. But I love the fact that Choctaw wants the Bible preached because there is no better motivator for a minister than this demand from his congregation. It keeps them safe and keeps him focused on the right priority. The greatest enthusiasm I see at Choctaw is for those classes and sermons that challenge you with God's holy and eternal word. Sometimes people didn't like what it is that I said because it was hard but they thanked me as they left the building thank you I needed that thank you for stepping on my toes I was getting lazy I was getting soft I was forgetting the important things thank you we have sharpened each other in this way. I've been motivated to study and expand my knowledge of God's word over these many years, and you are motivated to hear and understand and do the will of God. And I mention myself only because I'm talking about my career, but it's the, I could put Marty's name in here and it would be the, you know, the same thing. Nothing does more to assure our mutual salvation and gives greater honor to God than a preacher preaching the word to a congregation who's eager to hear it and to respond to it. It's a wonderful thing that this congregation allows the ministers to focus on their preaching. You know, we have a youth and family minister, and he's a busy guy with the, all the projects going on, the youth group and so on and so forth. But, you know, the elders insist that he takes a turn in the pulpit it's important that he remains sharp with God's word. He's got plenty of other things to do. I love Choctaw because you have allowed me for the time that I was here to fulfill the ministry that the Lord called me to over 40 years ago when I served a small church in the Montreal mission field. On this day, July 2023, I've completed 27 of my 44 years of ministry with you. And I love you for encouraging and supporting me 
in it. In various places, as I close out, Paul the Apostle talks about his ministry with different congregations. Paul offered the same ministry and preaching to each, but with different responses and results. And he talks about this. He says, some churches were challenging and difficult, like the church at Corinth, where they disobeyed the word and they challenged his authority as an apostle and teacher. Some congregations were noble and sincere and eager to hear the word, like the Bereans. But some Paul clearly loved above others because they not only loved and served the Lord, but they were also kind to him personally, like the church in Philippi. In my career, I've had similar experiences to Paul's. I think back to the young congregations that Lise and I helped start in the province of Quebec. How challenging, how tiring, how frustrating and slow the growth was. I remember that. It really is a young man's game. And I also remember a particular congregation in another part of Canada where they literally wanted to run me out of town because I dared rebuke them and challenge them to grow. <laughs> I went on vacation, remember that, Lisa, and came home three days early to find the deacons were having a meeting to figure out how to fire me. Why? Why? Well, we had had, you know... 20 baptisms, that was too much growth. It interrupted the the status quo. And then among the many places I have preached, there's Choctaw. As I come nearer to the end of my professional career, I will always remember you fondly and contemplate your love of the Lord, your love for each other, your love for what is right, your love of me and my family, your love of God's word. As Paul said of his beloved Philippians, I can truly say to you the following words. I thank my God in all my remembrances of you. Of course, no matter how I love the Choctaw family and why, It's a small thing in comparison to how God loves Choctaw. He sent Jesus to die for each one of us so we could become part of this body of believers and so we could have a sure hope of heaven. All I have done is preach the gospel here in Choctaw, but God is the one who made the Choctaw Church of Christ possible. So as I close out, I leave you with just a few words of encouragement. First, please know that the steady goal of my preaching and teaching has always been to build your faith in God and your understanding of his word. Rest assured that I have given words of encouragement and admonition in love and for the good of your spiritual lives, to which I am bound by conscience and ministry to serve and protect. I have wanted no one to be lost on my watch. I have wanted no one to be lost on my watch. Everything I've said and done has been to guarantee this. Please always remember that this has been my motivation, not to lose anyone on my watch. If I have asked you to change or do something or stop something, it was done to safeguard your souls. Secondly, 
don't change the things that I love about Choctaw. On the contrary, seek to add to these things a greater service to those who are lost and in need in our community and, 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 and have a deeper commitment to your Christian family here in Choctaw. Don't, don't be too easy to say this congregation is not important to you. Don't be too flippant to say, I can do without these people. Don't, be, don't do that. Because if ever you don't have these people, you're going to find out how much you need these people. And of course, a stronger faith to step forward and to do still greater things in the name of the Lord in the future. And then one last thing. Be aware of the time, please. Be aware of what time it is in your life. Not what time it is at the moment. What time it is in your life. Solomon said, there's an appointed time for everything. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1. In October 2021, I fell ill with Meniere's disease, which robbed me of my energy and strength to do my job. I hung in there for a while, but soon realized that I couldn't do my job fully and properly with this illness wearing me out. Oh, I could have coasted along for a while doing the minimum, but you needed a minister who could do all of his job, not just the easy parts of his job. So I informed the elders in 2022 that I was retiring from staff ministry and they needed to find another minister to take my place, which they eventually did by hiring John Arvin, a young and talented and healthy man who can do the entire job of a minister. You see, I wasn't aware of it for a long time, but the time for me to step aside and let someone else take on my ministry role here had arrived. I just had to accept that it was God's timetable for me, not my own. So here's the point. What time is it in your life? Is it time to start something? A new job? A relationship, another habit, a service, a move. What is it that you have to start in your life? Or maybe it's time to stop something. That was the hard part for me to realize I had to stop because I couldn't do it the way it needed it to be done. I didn't want to coast. Is it time for you to stop something? Again, a relationship, a habit, a job, a this, a that, whatever it is, is it time for you to stop? Or is it time to change something? Oh, we could mention a hundred things, couldn't we? But is it time to change something? In your prayers, I've encouraged you many times in the past, given you examples of things to pray for. Ask God, 
Ask him, don't be afraid, and he'll let you know. Is it time for me to start something, Lord, or stop something or change something? And if so, what is it? What is it that I I need to start or stop or change? I guarantee he will answer that prayer. Whatever time it is, however, trust that God will help you deal with whatever the time in your life moves you to do. That was the hard part for me. Well, if I don't do this, if I don't have to get ready to do this every week, two, three times a week, what then will I do? I didn't know that until I made the decision to stop. You have to stop by faith, start by faith, change by faith. And then God will let you know how to start, stop, change. In the meantime, if you need the witness or the help or the prayers of the church to deal with the time in your life at the moment, then we offer you this opportunity now as we stand and as we sing a song of encouragement. Shall we do that now, please?